0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 14 of More Wrestling's Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by Zach Rolf. How's things going today? Not too bad, man. Uh, busy, busy, busy.
1: Uh, so I got so much going on between the season starting. We got a ton of coaches meetings in section four, trying to get all this stuff figured out, um, trying to get a bunch of matches, because they only gave us like two weeks, as I'm sure you guys, I mean, you're, you guys aren't even wrestling yet, right? No. Yeah, uh, so like we... We got two weeks to put together a whole season and it's been kind of hard trying to get matches and stuff and like figuring out what counties are allowing wrestling, what counties are not. And then come to find out, like some counties have said, yeah, you guys cannot wrestle. And then some of the superintendents are like, I don't care what you say and they're letting them anyways. It's super, it's super weird. And I don't know how they're getting away with it, but that's kind of what's happening.
0: Yeah, I I agree because you have sections that are doing their things. You have counties, you have school districts, and it's just kind of a big, confusing mess. And I think it was yesterday the superintendents up here had a you know 15-hour meeting or whatever it was. We're we're looking at two seasons, and like I said, we're not even started wrestling yet. We're probably not going to start until mid March. There, we're either going to go mid March to mid April, or like beginning or mid April to I think. June. It's like it's either a four or five week uh season or it can be a nine week season. Well, I almost
1: wish we did that because I mean scrambling, scrambling, we had two weeks put put together a five-week season. So like now, like every day I'm getting emails from my ad or from other coaches saying, Hey, you want to put together a match? And I mean, we start wrestling next Friday, like a week from tomorrow, and then so many kids still need 10 practices, and like it's just it's just a it's a mess right now, man. And I kind of wish we would just kind of waited a little bit just so we can possibly get a longer season. But then again, then you're going to run into the situation where some kids got to pick between playing lacrosse or playing yeah. football or playing baseball or playing wrestling. Like it's just this whole season. I, I can't wait for this stuff to be over, man. Just get back to normal. Oh, it's
0: rough. I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, we, we have our football team last season took second in the state and a lot of them returned. So a lot of them are itching to play, you know, spring, spring sport. And this, if wrestling season is going to be like the fall two uh, sports season, whatever it's that's going to fall into wrestling and football, which again, it's going to hurt both teams. And again, but they're allowing people to play both. But like, let's say you have a kid that's a wrestler and he plays football and he tests positive for COVID, you're, you're going to wipe out both teams. Just yeah, like that's
1: that. a point. Yeah, so, I, mean, I didn't even think about that. That's that's rough. Yeah,
0: um, do you guys?
1: does governor play Do you guys have like a section 10 football championship or do you guys play in section three section 10 oh so i just i don't remember seeing like what class do you guys play in like double a uh
0: we're class c oh okay we lost to Susanna valley okay yeah
1: i guess i didn't think about that governor was definitely a division two so i'm stupid
0: yeah because like probably the two or three top teams in this school or in the State last year for Class C, obviously Sus Valley was number one, but, like, you have uh, Lowville that they beat in the semis and then Governor. And Governor and Lowville, were we're 45 minutes away from each other, which is pretty close when you're talking up here. And right, yeah. Yeah, so – but they're, they're obviously Section 3 and you know, we're Section 10 for football. So when when we play in the States, we we play Section 7 and then Section 2 and then the winner of 9-1. and 1. That makes sense. So we're on we're on the east part, and then section four and three and five and six are out west. Right. Yeah, because we west play bracket. three,
1: and then we play five or six.
0: Um, I, I think you know Governor probably could have made a good run this year as well, but it is what it is. Or last season, whatever it was. Right. So uh talking about the college wrestling season that happened week six recap, we'll head out west to Buffalo. Buffalo had a few duels. They wrestled Central Michigan. Uh, that duel did not go well for them. They lost forty two to zero. And then they wrestled Edinburgh and they lost 21 to 15. One of our matches that we talked about last episode at 141, Derek Spann of Buffalo won by decision over Ryan Burgos 12 to 6. I didn't watch the match. I followed it on Twitter. And I think Burgos had like a set of back points and Span had a set of back points. It was kind of close. And then I think Span might have had a turn and uh, you know, rode tough on top in the third to, you know, expand the lead a little bit. Yeah, I mean that makes
1: sense. Burgos is is a weird. He's always he's always been one of those guys who are, who can make situations weird, and make you uncomfortable. Um, and I mean, Span's really tough on top, and he's not known to be really good on his feet, so I'm not surprised if Burgos might have found a way to get some backs from neutral somehow.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they've got a. I I guess I should have watched that duel because it was probably on their their uh, website. But at 157, Michael Petit, uh, Buffalo, won by decision over Peter Pappas of Edinburgh. Again, Pappas is a, a Section 8 guy. Uh, that was the 10-8 decision. Up at 165, Noah Grover of Buffalo won, over, won by fall over Luke Santiago of Edinburgh. And at 285, Sam Schuyler had a nice win. He picked up a ranked win over 24 ranked John Spalding of Edinburgh, 3-1. to So that win put Sam Schuyler, I think, up to 24, and then it bumps Spalding down to 25 in the latest flow rankings. Again, a good one for, for Skyler. The Bulls, they will host Bloomsburg today at 3 p.m. So if you're listening to this around 3 p.m., stop what you're doing and go to the Bulls' website, and I'm sure you can watch the uh, YouTube live stream of that match. Heading down to Binghamton, uh, they had their duel against Bucknell had been canceled due to COVID issues within the Bucknell program. They're ranked 24th now by flow, but they will host Hofstra Saturday at 5 p.m. I think I was looking at WrestleStat, and I think they had Hofstra winning the match, you know, prediction-wise. But some of the potential matches we're going to see are 125, Micah Rose versus Dylan Ryder. 165, Brevin Casella versus Ricky Stan, 174, Jake Nolan versus Ross McFarland, And at 285, Bearcat, Bolt Jab Corey Day versus Zach Knightnord. That's
1: going to be a good duel. I'm excited to see Micah and Dylan Ryder wrestle. Um, Ryder's looked really tough this year. Uh, he's looked real physical when, he, when he's been able to compete, and obviously we know that Micah's been kind of on a tear since the beginning of the season, but um, I'm excited to see how that one goes. I think I think Ryder might give Micah a little bit more issues than than maybe some are going to expect, but I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm going to be pulling for Micah. Micah's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's a really good match.
0: Yeah, those uh, four matches that I just said, I mean, those are some pretty high level matches like that we're going to see. A lot of the New York guys, uh, you know, we've we mentioned Brevin Casella is an impressive freshman, and uh, he's going to be wrestling Ricky Stam. 174, Jake Nolan's had a pretty good year so far. And then you have Ross McFarland that um, he just had a 3 0 loss against number 10th ranked Michael Malley. So, yeah, it's going to be a good match. And then again, with Zach Nightingward. You know, he splits matches with Sullivan uh, from Army, and then Bearcat bullet job, you know, had the major win over um, Sullivan. So that'll be a good match to follow. Again, that is Saturday at 5 p.m. Heading down to West Point, Army wrestled Lehigh. I believe they traveled down to Lehigh. It was an 18-16 to 16 victory for Lehigh over Army West Point. Uh, 141 Lane Peters of Army won by decision. 149, number 25 ranked. P.J. Ogunsonia, won by decision. 157, number 14th ranked Marcus Hartman, won by decision over A.J. Burkhart, 5-0. 174, Ben Puziak of Army, won by major. 184, Taylor Brown of Army, won by decision. And the two key matchups that I kind of talked about, and, you know, Lehigh is obviously tougher at 97-285. 197, Jake Jacobson of Lehigh, won by decision over J.T. Brown of Army, 7-1. That was a ranked matchup. Jacobson's ranked 19th in the country, and Brown is ranked 16th. And a 285 Jordan Wood decision. Bobby Held of Army five zero. Again, Sullivan is out of the lineup. Think I don't. I would assume it's just kind of like a roster battle at that point because they're both in and out of the lineup. And I think they're. I don't know how that match goes in the room, but
1: you gotta assume it's close in the room. Otherwise, why would the coach keep going back and forth? I mean, one guy's either. I mean, one guy's got to be better than the other, but if it's close, then you're going to keep giving them opportunities to see other guys, other competition, especially, you know, when you wrestle somebody like fifth in the country, you give the guy an opportunity to to kind of take take control of the job. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sure he showed enough to do that losing 5-0. I'm not in the Army coach's head, so. I agree. I
0: think they both wrestled Knight and Ward earlier in the year. Um, you know, Knight and Ward had the, Extra match against Bobby. I think they. I think Bobby beat him. But yeah, also,
1: he lost both those matches that day. Nine, yeah,
0: one, that so, day. so that kind of maybe sparked uh, Army to just to put him in the lineup again. I mean, that was kind of a win on their part. They kept him to a decision, but uh, the Army hosts Coach Kerry Colod's team, Navy, Friday at six p.m. Uh, that's a big rivalry match, obviously Army versus Navy. Uh, you, you can head over to Army's website to check that match out again because it's at Army. You know, they do a good job of putting their uh, matches, their live matches on their Black Knights website. Heading down to the island, Hofstra, they beat Bloomsburg 41 to 6. 125, Dylan Ryder won by fall. 133, Garrett Lambert won by major decision. 149, Greg Gaxiola won by major. 157, Holden Heller won by decision. 165, Ricky Stam won by tech fall. 174, Ross McFarlane won by fall. One eighty-four Charles Small won by tech fall. One ninety-seven Trey Rogers won by major decision, and two eighty-five Zach Knighton Ward won by major. So that was a lot of uh, bonus points for the Hofstra Pride.
1: Yeah, they're looking actually really tough. I mean, they've kind of they've kind of blown out almost. I mean, all their matches really. They've they've controlled the duels from start to finish. Starting off with I mean, like I talked about earlier, Dylan Riders looked really tough and. Um, ending off with Knight and Ward, who's an NCAA qualifier. I mean, they're, they're looking really good. The the development of their guys is coming along. So uh, good for Hofstra.
0: Yeah. Um, so Hofstra wrestled Drexel over, over the weekend as well. As I mentioned, Hofstra hosted Drexel and LIU hosted Drexel. It wasn't a duel, but they did wrestle 12 matches. Hofstra won six of them. At 125, Dylan Ryder won by major. 141, Justin Hoyle won by decision. 157, Holden Heller won by tech fall. 157, Joe McGinty won by Decision. 165, Ricky Stan won by Major. 174, Michael O'Malley of Drexel won by Decision over Ross McFarlane. Again, that was the match. O'Malley's ranked 10th in the country by Flo. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch the match personally, but that's not a horrible loss for McFarlane. Oh, not at all. And at 285, Zach Knighton Ward won by Fall. Uh, moving down, they uh, wrestled. Sacred Heart University as well. Again, that wasn't a duel. They had, I think, 15 matches. Um, But at 141, Vinny Vespo won by decision. 141, Justin Hoyle went 2-0. He won by fall in both of those matches. 157, Joe McGinty won by decision and won by fall. 184, Charles Small won by decision and won by tech fall. 174, Ross McFarland won by decision. Up at 197, Trey Rogers won by major decision and tech fall. 285, Zach Knight and Ward won by Tech Fall. 157, Holden Heller won by decision. And 165, Ricky Stan won by major decision. So, again, they put up a lot of bonus points against Sacred Heart University. They are uh, they're definitely a tough team and they will uh, wrestle the Bearcats on Saturday. And as you mentioned, you're excited for the duel. I'm excited for the duel. That's really going to be a, a good match. I mean, we saw Binghamton and Army have a pretty close duel. Army wrestled Hofstra at the beginning of the year. I don't I don't believe it was a duel meet format though. Oh, they, they did
1: uh like matchups and stuff like that. They didn't really
0: keep us team score enough like that. Right. So Hofstra is definitely, you know, rolling into the season, um, you know, into EIWAs with a pretty solid lineup. That'll be a good match down in Binghamton. Heading over to LIU, they fell to Drexel 35 to nine. 125, Bryce Cockrell, one by decision. And at 285, Tim Nagoski, one by fall.
1: They're done. They're, they're done. done EIWAs, right?
0: Yeah, because I was going to say that they had nothing left on their schedule. And, I mean, I knew you had the inside scoop, so. Yeah, I, I
1: double-checked that. Yeah, they're done until EIWAs, which, I mean, personally, that's a good thing for my guy because he needs a break. But, yeah, you know. We'll we'll keep that under wraps.
0: (laughs) Heading to the overall New York college guys that are competing at other colleges. At 133, Sean Carter of App State had two matches. Uh, Well, not really, but he won by major decision and he won by forfeit over the Citadel. Uh, 133, Zach Redding of Iowa State won by decision over North Dakota State. 141, Gavin Damasco of Davidson won by fall over Presbyterian. 157, A.J. Burkhart won by decision over Riders Cole McComas. 165 Jake Silverstein of Ryder won over Lehigh's Brian Mayer three to one sudden victory talking about that duel you know obviously Lehigh's won a lot of their matches when it comes down to their heavyweight Jordan Wood uh Ryder's heavyweight Ethan Laird uh he's a General McLean um, alum so General McLean's coached by Ryan Cook he's one of my friends on Facebook he actually wrestled up here in section 10 in high school for Messina um, so I talked to him, but yeah, he's got a few of the former guys wrestling D1. That win for Laird over Wood gave Ryder the win. So that was a nice win. A win. Real big win.
1: And matchups matter in duels, obviously. So, I mean, yep, you never yep. know what's going to come out of the duel meet.
0: Yep. Uh, 184, Sam Wolf of Air Force, won by decision over West Virginia. 197, Tyler Musaw, he picked up two pins. Uh, the first pin was over App State, and the second pin was over the Citadel. Uh, yeah, Colum- I mean, we're seeing
1: – a Damasco's name again, and we're seeing Musa's name again. Uh, like we mentioned last week, those are two guys that are clearly doing a really nice job adjusting to D1 and and really getting some some wins under their belt early in a, in a season that is uh, going to be meant for a lot of development this year.
0: Yeah, I mean Musa. I looked at Russell Stat. He's ten and one. Um, Though, awesome. like those ten wins, I think he might have eight wins with two forfeits. None of those wins are like over maybe top thirty guys. Maybe one of them is, but. Again, though he is, he's definitely making those improvements, and, and he's a freshman, true freshman wrestling at one ninety-seven. So he's doing a very good job. Heading over to the pickums from last episode. Obviously, I I gotta about
1: that. Talk about... we move on. No, oh, I, I got
0: to talk about that.
1: Come
0: on. Um, so coming in second place is Zach. He went had three and five record.
1: That was a. Uh, it was a bad day. It was a bad weekend. Bad week, really. I don't. know. I have no excuses. I sucked. Although, you did try to give me an L for matches that didn't happen. I just want to point that out. We had Zach Sherman and Brian Courtney on the, on the docket. And, that was not uh, even wrestled That's this week. And yeah, you, no, I know. Well, I, I saw it on the that. docket
0: last week. I said, why is that on the docket? But I don't understand why I put it on there. Maybe I was just looking at Sherman's win over. Yeah, you I are, saw Sherman won on Twitter, so I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give myself a win for that.
1: Yeah, you uh, try, try, to, try to swindle me a little bit. Not that it matters because I lost by a lot, so <laughs> –
0: you know, yeah, you went three and five. I went six and two. 125 big matchup that we were talking about. These these guys are two and three in the country. Uh, Sam Latona versus Jake Camacho. Obviously, I was high on the NC State guys, so as I picked all three of them to win this, um, pick 'ems, uh, Camacho got the yeah, Latona got the win over Camacho, so gave us both the L. That match was, that was pretty insane,
1: wild. though. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely Absolutely wild. I, I pulled up that doomy around 197. Um, as I was at work, I probably shouldn't even pull it up, but I was following it on Twitter and I saw how insane the duel was. I said, I have to watch this match right now. And, and then I saw, I think it was nomad or somebody tweeted out there, like that the duel is going to come down to, to Camacho Latona. I was like, there's no way this is, this is picture perfect television. I need to pull this up. So I pulled it up. I'm watching the matches and then, you know, Boris and Wilson wrestle Boris gets hurt early in the first and kind of wobble. Actually, I think it might have been second period, but he, he's, he's clearly not being as offensive. He's just kind of forcing through the match to make sure they don't give up any bonus points here, but he ends up losing to Wilson 3-1, I believe on stall calls, not even a takedown, Um, and then it gets to Camacho Latona, and Camacho's winning the match by one. Actually, he was winning by two and gave up a stall call. Like he was He was doing a poor job of actively stalling which is i mean i don't know about you guys but we definitely i mean we don't stall i don't teach stalling but i teach you know smart offense stuff like that and he was just doing a poor job of that he was doing a lot of backing up not a lot of engaging and it made it easy very easy for the ref to kind of insert himself into the match and hit him for stalling made it a one point match and i I think camacho panicked i think he panicked i think he he knew a short time there was I mean, he was up by one, and he went for that dive roll on the single leg. And I, I personally didn't think he had to do that. I thought he probably could have tried to balance it and keep keep the scramble going on his feet, maybe get his – um. there was a situation um, where he could have brought his hips up and squared up, but he just didn't. I think he just, – I just think he panicked a little bit in the moment. And Sam Latona with the, the clutchest takedown of the season, and I don't think it will be very close because not only did he win the match – with that takedown, he got the swipes at the end to win the entire dual meet by one match point.
0: Yeah, that was pretty wild. I mean, it was, I'm glad that they that came down to the, those last two matches. Um, we obviously saw Deontay Wilson had two match-winning uh, victories last year. I think it was maybe Virginia Tech as well, and then the UNC match. Again, I'm still high on Jay Camacho. Sam Latone is definitely – you know the real deal. I think he went from like being ranked 10th to being ranked number two. Hunter Boland versus Trent Hidley. We both had Trent and he lost two to one. He lost on
1: four seconds of riding time. Yeah, rough. Oh my goodness. Four seconds, man. I don't know how you feel about riding time, but I hate riding time. I think it's terrible. I mean, I, I get it. It adds a nice aspect to the match sometimes, but it also entices stalling. And I'm not saying Boland was stalling at all. I just think. Mm. to win a match on four seconds of riding time in a, in a, in a situation like that, it uh, yeah. hurts me. It hurts me.
0: Yeah, Trent's got to get to his offense. You know, well, obviously. Nice
1: Bowen did a really nice job of shutting him down.
0: Yeah, I mean, people kind of know that the underhook's coming. It's it's one thing to stop it, but, you know, he he did a very good job at not even letting it, Trent to, get to the underhooks and score.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. He, did, he, had, a, he had a really nice game plan. Well, I hope we see that. We should see them wrestle one, maybe at least once, maybe two more times this season, ACCs and NCAA's. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, I, I'm excited to see how those go. I don't, I don't, th- I don't think Bowen rides them again. So somebody's gonna have to get a takedown next match.
0: Trent definitely needs to get to his offense if he wants to win that match next time. Up at 285, John Borst. He wrestled Deontay Wilson. You picked Borst. I picked Wilson. Wilson picked up the decision three to one.
1: But like we said, we said if the duel comes down to it and they need to win, we're, we're, we got Wilson. And, and that's kind of what happened in that situation. I mean, the duel was still up in the air. It came down to 285 and 125, and Wilson needed to win to put him up by three, and he got the job done.
0: 125, Liam Cronin versus Ravon Foley. Man, how many points? We got 27 points in this match. I have to go back and watch
1: this, man. I, I did so not upset. watch it either. I'm so upset I didn't watch it. I'm, I'm going to have some notes for this next week.
0: You obviously picked Foley. I picked Cronin. Yeah, I'd, I
1: don't know what's happened with Rayvon Foley, man. The dude was in the Big Ten Finals last year. Or no, that was Schroeder,
0: right? Schroeder. Rayvon Ray- uh, redshirted last year. Right, Ray- he redshirted last year. He. Well, he you said he was going to – you said I don't see him losing, you know, three matches in a row, which he didn't. I'm pretty sure he wrestled uh, a match before that that day, right?
1: Oh, actually, I think you're right, which makes yeah. me happy
0: because I wasn't entirely wrong. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: That's still that's rough, man. He he had three three ranked matches in a row that he's lost. He, yeah, he wrestled Indiana earlier in the day. He yeah. beat Jake Brand by major 12-0. But man, Liam Cronin is good. This 125 weight class, while while everybody says it's really weak, right? Because I mean you're missing the Ivy guys with Vito and and Glory, and you're missing possibly Suriano, who for some reason people think he's gonna go 125. Um but even though it's somewhat quote unquote weak, like it's really deep. Like there's a ton of kid, there's a ton of guys in this weight class that could make a run and make it to the NCAA finals. You just really got to hope you're on the opposite side of the bracket of Spencer Lee. I mean, yeah. how many coaches are going to be like, oh no, I should be the eight, I should be the seven seed over the, over the five seed. I'd rather be, I'd rather be that low.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of parody in this. They were talking about it. I don't know where I watched it, but like some people might want to necessarily. Be the sixth seed instead of the fourth or fifth, just because you're supposed to be at a different spot of the back out of the bracket. All right, I'm gonna take any chance I can get to be on that bottom side. I agree. Give me the give me the worst seed if I'm down below. Um, talking about that match, it was a 14 and 13 uh, decision for Liam. Um, also in that duel, Cam Caffey wrestled Eric Schultz. Uh, we both had Schultz to win, and yeah, it was it was a good match, six to five.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I don't want to say surprised. Like Cam Caffey's really good, and I pick Aaron Brooks to win because he's also really good. But it seems like Cam Caffey's almost in a little bit of a, of a slump. I mean, I mean,
0: yeah, we did see him take second, I believe it was at the, or did he win Big Tens?
1: I guess I'm not, a slump's not a good thing to say, but he 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 took second at Big Tens. He lost to Aaron Brooks last year yeah. uh, on the finals. But he had a really close 4-2 match with uh, Nick Willem of Indiana. He had a really close match with Gavin Hoffman, which is, is it's acceptable. Gavin Hoffman's really good. Uh, that was a 3-2 match. Um, but he's only got one, one bonus point win this year out of his five matches and then his lost to Eric Schultz. Um, he's got two more matches scheduled right now against Michigan and Purdue. Um, he could see Miles Amin against Michigan. Which would be great. I hear he's coming back, and the 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 plan, I guess, is for him to go 197. So yeah, thats he's got another shot to kind of get something going. But I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe a slump's a bad way to look at it. But a lots of close match or a couple of close matches against guys, guys he's much higher ranked than. Um, I'd like to see him kind of pick it up a little bit.
0: Let's head over to Iowa versus Ohio State. Uh, obviously, I'm excited for that match because I'm an Iowa guy. Or Iowa fan, I shouldn't say
1: Iowa guy. You know, Um, as a as an Ohio State fan, though, I'm not even upset about that duel. You know, like I thought I thought the team some for the most part wrestled well. Um I thought Rocky Jordan could have looked a little bit better against Nelson. But you know, you kind of get what you get with a Jordan. He's not gonna he's not great on bottom. Their offenses, I mean, other than uh Micah, I mean, even even Bo's offense was sometimes suspect. He wasn't, he wasn't going to go out and take it down four or five times in a match, but, and and typically tough on top. And that's the one thing that I have not quite seen out of Rocky this season. I mean, he was pretty tough on top before, but as of now, it's been kind of slow starting, but for the exciting part, Sammy Sasso is that guy and he made Max Mirren pay for making poor decisions.
0: So we'll start at one Let's just uh, talk about the match that didn't happen that you kind of wanted to obviously see Heinzelman in the lineup, though it, we both knew it wasn't going to be a good match for him. Spencer Lee had the fall over Brady Koontz. Um, we didn't see Heinzelman. It was kind of weird because Spencer didn't wrestle against Purdue. Heinzelman didn't wrestle against uh, Spencer, but... Did he wrestle against Purdue? It was like a three-way... Uh... Yeah, they had a, they had a, a duel.
1: Yes, he did. Yeah, he wrestled against Purdue because he lost to Schroeder 1-0. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's what it was. Those two end up wrestling each other. But, you know, Heinzelman and Russell Lee and lead and Russell Schroeder. Obviously, Sch- Lee wasn't scared of Schroeder. Terry Branch just decided to bench him, you know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. I don't I don't know what
1: happened there. Maybe it could have been one of those situations where, like, um, so, like, you know how this season doesn't count? So, like, you don't want to use any red shirts? Yeah. So maybe they're just trying to get a match. Got the match, right?
0: Yeah,
1: no doubt. So, like, maybe or it's Cashman, so like, Cashman. maybe they're trying to get them a match to say, Hey, we're not using a red shirt here. I don't know what, they, what that means. He's like, I don't think there's anything that you sign to say, Um, this is an official red shirt. I just think you don't step on the mat
0: hmm.
1: in, in a singlet, right? So, if, if you step on the mat in a singlet, then you're not using a red shirt. I'm not quite sure, like, you need to. like sign a paper or, or like submit red shirts. You know what I mean? Right. So I wonder if that had something to do with it, um, with the Coons and with, uh, with Cashman there getting the match just to make sure like, Hey, this isn't a red shirt. We're, we're using this season as eligibility.
0: Yeah. Very well. could be 133. DeSanto picked up a major, I think it was a major over major attack fall over Coons. the that other Koontz, uh, 141. Jane Ironman won by fall over Echemendia. Which that's expected, right? Yeah. I, I
1: mean, they, they had some Twitter banter back and forth, and Echemendia was being—I I, mean—a a little ignorant, right? I mean, yeah, he, he didn't know what the Division One Matt wrestling is like at the time of the talk. So yeah. wrestling is wrestling, he said. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he doesn't understand. He at the time he didn't understand. Like, if I'm on the bottom of somebody like Jay Ironman, who's nasty on top, dangerous, brutal, yeah. So, and you could see it. Ironman said, "Top, I'm going top. This isn't even going to be close." And <laughs> and it was 23 seconds later. Tremendous pinned.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so up that 149, your guy Sammy Sasso won by fall mm. over Max Murin, 653.
1: Why did Why did Miran shoot a second time?
0: Yeah, that, that second shot's. I mean, you 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 playing into his uh, dangerous zone. You know, Sammy, did what he does, and that that's why I said, you know, Sammy's on that. Different, not necessarily even level, but just that different. And you know, he's got that different aspect where, you know, he's just dangerous. And he's going to, he can lock that cradle up and bam, it's over.
1: Yeah. I just thought that was silly. And I'm, 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 I'm willing to bet Terry had some words for Murin after that
0: match. <laughs> I would imagine so. Uh, Cause 157, we, we did not see Caleb Young. 165, we didn't see Alex Marinelli. So obviously Ohio state uh, won those matches. They had a shot, that,
1: that was our yeah. window.
0: Yeah, they opened their window you
1: know, up. How crazy good is Iowa that they can miss two or three of their starters and still win a duel by a convincing
0: margin? Yeah, like those freaking bonus points, man. You know, if you open up a duel with 25, 33, 41 that are just putting up bonus points, then you have right. other guys in the lineup that are capable of doing it. Um, you know, Cassiope's been on a tear, uh, picking up falls left and right. Um, yeah, yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're a dangerous team with the bonus points. Obviously, we've seen Penn State, you know, the last few years. Uh, that's what they rely on, uh, picking up bonus points. So if Iowa can do this in the national tournament, um, you know, I, I like what I see there. You know, 174, uh, Kemmer had a close match with Caleb Romero. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time Kemmerer didn't score a takedown on a match? Yeah, I don't know. I think they dated it back to maybe – Early two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I mean Romero's good.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited to see how he does to finish this season. Um, I think he's been kind of uh he he was a little underwhelming coming into college. He had a really good high school career and came in as a pretty highly ranked recruit. Um and and he's now starting to kind of figure it out and he's really kind of putting putting together a pretty solid season. Um, I think he's got who's he got he got Logan Massa coming up soon. Um, that's, that should be a really good test in the match for him. I'm excited. I'm excited to see his season.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, 184, Nelson Brands into our uh, last pick-em for that duel. Rocky Jordan versus Nelson Brands. You picked Jordan. I picked Brands. Brands got the win 3-0. to zero. Um, And then beat Jordan Brands.
1: beat – Brands lost earlier in the day. and then Yeah, Max Lyon. And then, and then Jordan beat Max Lyon after this match was over.
0: Yeah, that was a three-way thing too. You know, that little triangle they had.
1: But if I'm being honest, I just don't see—I don't see Jordan beating Nelson almost ever. I mean, just if you watch that match, like Rocky Jordan had no answers for any of the hand fighting, or nothing for for
0: Nelson Brands. Like I said, Brands was my guy. I mean, I think if he wrestles that Purdue guy again, I don't think that match is going to go the way it did. But moving on to well, the Courtney Sherman match—it did not happen. I guess we'll put that in our pickups for this this upcoming week. Yeah. Kai you know. Lewis versus Tommy Buller, though that did happen.
1: I did. And uh, Makai covered the two and a half.
0: Yeah. I think oh. I had him win in by four and he won five to zero. So, yeah. I mean, again, it was kind of a win on NC State's part, but not really because they lost the, the duel anyways. But that could have been a, a major decision. I don't you know?
1: think you walk into that match thinking Bullard's going to get majored.
0: I, I don't either. But you're looking at, you know, Makai Lewis, it's the number one guy. He just, and he's put up bonus points. I, I didn't obviously pick him to get majored, but. No, there's a good chance that Makai
1: could have. I re- think they go into that match thinking
0: it's it's a it's a competitive match,
1: and if anything, I actually do th- I actually think the opposite. I think that was a, that was one from for Virginia Tech, because I mean you think of the momentum going into the next match where Tom you expect Thomas Buller to have a good match and then he gets dominated and the 5 five zero. Sometimes you don't look at that and say that's oh, dominating, but in college wrestling that that's that's a controlled uh, controlled win where you're never in danger of losing a match.
0: Yeah, so that ends their pickums. Um Again, I went 6-2, and two, and you went 3-5. Really,
1: You're appreciative of that win, huh?
0: Well, I mean, we're going to add them up, you know, after the, the, the next few weeks. That's but anyways, moving on to some other NCAA talk, uh, I guess there really isn't much to talk about as far yeah, as – We kind of talked about that. About the February 23rd card, that card just stacking right up. Dude, I, I can't wait. Saw, so Dave's going to wrestle Nolf and Chenzo now. Yep. And then Gabe's going to wrestle Nickel and Snyder. Yeah. Like, it's bizarre. I mean, you know, it's, I think- it's, it's cool because, like, let's say they wrestled the, you know, the first, uh, Dake wrestles Nolf, you know, the first match and then the 20th match, whatever, how many matches they have on the card, you know, he wrestles at, at the end. It's good that he has two matches on a card. It, it's going to play more into, um, you know, because obviously, one, you're not going to wrestle, go to the trials and wrestle one match going Right, and I think
1: that's the plan. I think that's the expectation is like Dake's going to have two matches day one, two matches – well, two or three matches day three or day two. So and if you look at it, it's very – I mean, it's likely this could be a scenario where Dake Russell's a Chenzo-type athlete and then Russell's a Nolf type athlete on day two. Yeah. And so it's really good uh, – or Jesus, day two, day one in the finals of the Challenge Tournament. Um, so it makes sense. It's a good measuring stick and a good and a good warm up practice card for the Olympic Trials. Can we can we talk about the Olympic Trials real quick?
0: Yeah, hey, go ahead.
1: I'm tight. I'm so I mad. I saw your tweet. Oh, I'm so mad. It's they scheduled the Olympic Trials and they actually just changed it again. So like originally it was it was April third and fourth. So I'd probably miss the early part of of the Olympic Trials, like quarters maybe, of the Challenge Tournament on day one, and then I'd be home in time to watch the finals on day two. But now, no, now, it's April 2nd and April 3rd, which is the exact days of the New York State tournament. And I will likely not be able to watch any of it. Yeah, so
0: we'll,
1: we'll be in Pennsylvania for that. <laughs> oh, I'm so upset. I'll be down there at the Spooky Nook for the, the journey of New York State tournament. But, and I mean, I love my guys, but oh my God, not being able to watch the Olympic trials is going to kill me.
0: Yeah, Frank's got to put a coach's room or you know get a big. Uh, I again, I don't know what the the fans are going to be like there, uh, but you got to get a big screen and and have something. that playing live stream. Do
1: something. He, he, I mean, I'm sure he scheduled this with the expectation it's a different time than the yeah. Olympic trials, mm-hmm. and now he's like, oh man, I'm sure he's not happy about it either. I don't think any of us will be, but got to do what we got to do, I guess.
0: Yep, there's there's state titles to be won. Let's talk about the. America's Cup that's happened yesterday and today. It's kind of odd because it's during the middle of the week, as you
1: mentioned. Yeah, middle of the week tournaments suck. I mean, they don't because it's fun to have wrestling on, but like they suck because I'm crazy busy in the middle of the week with two practices a day plus work and all the other stuff I got to do. So it's hard. It's really hard to keep up with it. I've been trying to kind of watch matches as I go. Um, But. Honestly, so far, I don't feel like I've missed a whole ton of like high quality matches other than maybe Zilmer and Mike Mock and Lugo and Nashon. But other than that, I feel like the the good guys are kind of taking care of their taking care of work and the bad guys are not.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a cool, um, a cool event to have. You know, it is the during the middle of the week. Yeah, I, you know, when it was scheduled, well, was actually talked about it when I had Gwiz on the episode. He said there's going to be something going on beginning of February. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. And I had yesterday off. I have today off. Uh, you know darn well that I watched it all yesterday. Uh, I I'll, wish I did. <laughs> I'll get into a little bit of it. Uh, so some of the notes from day one, team Lloyd uh they won pool A. Evan Henderson finished 2-0. and He decisioned Josh Saunders, his teammate 97, and he won by fall over Mitch McKee. That's a little surprising
1: uh, result with Saunders. I kind of expected Henderson to control that a little bit more, maybe because their teammates and Saunders kind of wrestles them enough that he kind of knew. But um, I just kind of expected Henderson to control that a little more, especially considering you know, last time we saw Saunders wrestle Edge it was a 10-0, and Henderson just beat Edgemania. So I kind of I just I just expected this to be more of a blowout there, but good on Josh Saunders for keeping that close. And then Mitch McKee. I don't want to say he got screwed, but like he was not pinned. I don't think he was even close to pinned.
0: I uh, I didn't watch the replay of it. Obviously, I just saw it happen in uh, live, and I just I didn't understand that they that they called it the pin until they you know they got up and they bumped fists or whatever they did and they walked off. But he was up five to two, I believe it was.
1: Yeah, I just watched it. I don't know about an hour and a half ago, and. McKee was kind of holding his shoulder up, and and you hear Mike Mallon on the call saying, well, all all Henderson's got to do is do this, this, and this, and McKee will be pinned, and all of a sudden they're calling the pin. (laughs) And and, and you see McKee's shoulders, I don't know, five inches off the ground. I don't know. It it seems odd, but I'd I'd like to see that match keep going because I I think Mitch McKee was going to give Henderson some issues. I mean, he had him locked up in a cradle. And, and I think there was an argument for Henderson to have been pinned before. Absolutely. Before that, So I'm surprised the way that match went. I'd like to see him wrestle again.
0: Yeah. Also in Pool A, Quincy Monday, he had – this. it was an interesting because he did it in both of his matches. Uh, he, he has a leg lace, and then he does, like, a forward roll. And, and just, you know, obviously the guy rolled over. So I think he scored with it several times in both matches. It was well, just kind of – I tried find that. Because I, tr- I saw
1: your note, and I tried to find the match – um and for some reason Flo has a Quincy Monday match labeled that he won 13 to 4, and then you click on it. That was Nation Sean Right. Well, that was another one, but the, the Quincy Monday match, it had him winning by 13 to 4 score. And then I clicked on the match and it ended up being a Gwiz and Sean Streck match instead of Quincy Monday. And it still says Quincy Monday's wrestling on the underneath it. So I don't I don't know what happened there flow kind of messed it up i couldn't i couldn't watch that match though i wanted
0: to yeah that is strange uh talking about mitch mckee he wrestled yanni the first match uh so when yanni yanni could have i guess wrestled evan henderson but josh honors was the uh their alternate in that duel so he wrestled henderson so yanni only wrestled one match i believe that day yesterday yeah. he wrestled mitch mckee i believe it was a 10-0 tech for yanni 11-0 but yeah
1: 11-0 I mean- kind of funny because Mitch McKee said something beforehand that he really wanted to get his hands on him, and he thinks he could, he could give him a good go, and it did not. Yeah, that, way.
0: that was not – he only got to his legs once, and then obviously Yanni, um, he scored off of that. But most of uh, Yanni's points were off of Yanni's offense. He's pretty darn good. He's done a lot better at that. I mean, you know, we mentioned it when he wrestled
1: Ashnell uh, and when he went to over the Henry, De, Henry DeGlade. But he's clearly gotten a ton better at getting to his offense and not not relying on somebody grabbing his legs.
0: Yep. Uh, Zilmer uh, decision, mock three to one. I, I watched the match. That match is obviously those two guys are probably two of the top four guys in the ladder. I would I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, you got you it's got, got Leiter, Cox, yeah, and then you
1: got you got Moore, Zilmer, Mike Mock. Yeah, I think those three can beat any either any of each other on any given day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Mike Mock beat beat Kotlin Moore at the RTC Cup. And we saw Moore beat Zilmer, I think, twice that weekend at RTC Cup as well. So uh, that, that's going to be fun, a fun thing to see come through at the Olympic trials that I'm not going to be able to watch because, you know, date changes.
0: Yeah, unfortunate. Um, so over in Pool B, Team Simon Roberts, they went 2-0, uh, 57 kilograms. Vito is good. He had two 10-0 techs. Uh, confirmed. Yeah, Confirmed. Yeah. Uh, Lugo wrestled Nation Garrett. It was a 10-7 win for Lugo. It was, I think it was 10-2 maybe. Um, it was close to – Lugo was close to getting the tech. And then Nashawn, yeah. you know, opened up his offense. But, you know, Lugo does a very good job of staying in a good position and not letting the guy get to his legs. But
1: I yeah, think, I actually got a chance to watch this one. Yeah. Um, nation went up 2-0 early. And then mm-hmm. Lugo – Lugo just didn't let Nation back in. He controlled the ties and he kept moving mm-hmm. forward. One point Lugo had a really nice throw by underhook throw by that was beautiful. That was that's pretty, yeah. Um, I, I think towards the end, I think Lugo knew he was up up eight points and just kind of he let up, he just let up and kind of held on for the win there. Which I, I mean, I can't blame him. Nation's really good, and you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you're giving up four on a double or something like that. So, yeah, that was a good match by Lugo,
0: yeah. No, I agree. Um, Nashawn also had another match against Lee he won 13 to 4. You know they're they're both former 57 kilogram guys. Um, they're both 125, 133 in college, but you can kind of see Nation transitioning up better than Lizak, maybe.
1: Well, I think I think Nation was just bigger than Lizak in the first
0: place. You know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he looks thick, especially like cool. in that match where you're comparing two guys that are bumping up.
1: Yeah, I mean Lizak's always been big for for 125. Oh but. yeah.
0: No doubt. Sean was big for 133. <laughs> Mark Hall. We saw Mark Hall. You know, we just saw him compete for the first time in damn near 10, 11 months. Um, he wrestled Nate Jackson a couple weeks ago. Well, now he wrestled Brett Farr. He won six to two, and he wrestled Muhammad and Big Bride. And I believe he got the fall, maybe tech fall over him. Yeah, yeah that was, it was a tech fall. It was, yeah, it was. he
1: looks good. He does. He, he's just gonna he's just gonna keep adjusting to it to the weight. Um, Brett Far is obviously really good. Um, he kind of he had a rough senior nationals back in December, but other than that, he's had some pretty good results. I think he's got wins over, um, I think he has a win over Zilmer or somebody of that nature. He he's tough. He's gotten some really good wins. But Mark Hall's Mark Hall.
0: McBride was the U 23 world team member, right?
1: I believe so. Yes. Yeah,
0: which he's an interesting guy too. I mean, talking about a New York guy if you look it up somewhere like he, he graduated like erie community college when he was like 15 what yeah look him up he, he wrestled mark hall he wrestled mark hall get this he wrestled mark hall in like you know tournament champions in ohio or or Mawas or some something like that back when they were younger and then mohammed mcbride he wrestled for buffalo right like yes yeah actually i do I years do ago yes and mark hall just wrestled for penn state last year that's great. Like they're, they're like the same age, but like Muhammad McBride is, he graduated like Erie community college at 15. And then he went to, you know, Buffalo when he was like 17 or something, something like that. Yeah. He's got an interesting story. He had a bachelor's um, degree
1: when he was 19 years
0: old. Yeah. So That's crazy. Yeah. He is uh, definitely somebody with an interesting story. Somebody I, I plan on talking about, you know, uh, later on in the show or, uh, an episode to come uh, we also saw ben honest he wrestled
1: oh man hold on sorry I'm, I'm just kind of reading up on mcbride apparently he wasn't able to compete because the ncaa wanted him to shave his beard yeah and, and due to religious practices he he wasn't he wouldn't do it eventually he he petitioned to the ncaa and they granted him the ability to compete but he had to wear a beard covering
0: mm-hmm. and yeah he's another guy. If you look at like Buffalo's, uh, roster every year, you're going to see guys with their, you know, their team outfit on or they're in a suit and tie. He it never has a picture because like it's against his religion to, you know, have his picture taken and be on, I guess, a website or whatever.
1: Interesting. Yeah. No, that's
0: it, uh, Very interesting stuff.
1: We got, we got to get him on here. I bet, I bet we could figure out a way.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't really know where he trains at right now, but, um, or how to reach out to him, but I'm going to try to do that. Bumping up to 97 kilograms, as I just mentioned, Ben Hannes won over Scotty Boykin. Uh, They just wrestled again two weeks ago on that same Penn RTC card. Hannes had a close decision win over him that that match, but this match Hannes definitely opened up, and, you know, he looked good. Um, I think Boykin might have bumped his head somewhat during the match, but I think, you know, Hannes was up at a decent margin at that time. And yeah, Scottie he
1: was up finishing three. It. He was up six three when Scotty got he, he took a shot or something, and I don't know I don't know when or how he got hurt. But hanna has got a, a go behind and two guts when they realized that Boykin was hurt. So it went from six three to twelve three real fast.
0: So uh, that that's just a little bit of day one. Um, I believe they start at two p.m. today, right? One p.m. One p.m. All right. So yeah, as soon as we 1. get done with this, I'll. I'll put it up, and hopefully people listen to this before so they can catch them this action. But uh, Some of the upcoming action for today, Team Carl Adams, they took third in Pool B. They wrestled Team Lee Kemp. They took second in Pool A. Some expected matchups out of that are 57 kilograms, Sean Russell versus Zach Sanders. That's a battle of the Gophers. Yeah. Uh, 65, Ethan Lezak versus Mitch McKee. Again, another battle of the Gophers. Up at 74, Josh Shields versus Hosmet Pulka. uh, 86 kilograms, Mohamed McBride versus Max Dean. I guess it could be Gabe Dean as well, but we saw Max yesterday.
1: My guess is this might be Max um, save Gabe for later, but I mean, you get a max opportunity for for a quality match. I'm sure he'll take it when Gabe's going to be wrestling Bone Nickel and Kyle Snyder soon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, Up at 97, we're going to see Hayden Zilmer versus Jaden Cox. I think that might be a rematch of Final X, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, they wrestled at Final X, and um, they wrestled a couple weeks ago at on the flow card, didn't
0: they? Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. Um, so, about 125 kilograms. Tony Nelson of Gopher Wrestling Club. He'll wrestle Tanner Hall. The alternate for um, one of the teams is Julian Ramirez. We saw Julian wrestle yesterday. I can't remember who he wrestled. He might have wrestled uh, Ryan Epps. No, Julian oh. wrestled. Um, Low wrestle depths.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I just saw this because I just I said something to Julian about
0: it. But the winner of that duel gets Team Simon Roberts, and Simon Roberts has DeShazer, Lugo, either Belfour, Wick, Paul, Honus, and Garrett Ryan. Ryan. Team Bobby Douglas. They took second in Pool B.
1: Elroy Perkin. Elroy Perkin. Yeah, Julian. Julian uh, Techfold. Elroy Perkin.
0: All right. See. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we might see Julian in the lineup.
1: He's on the Bobby Douglas.
0: Okay. So, talking about Bo- Team Bobby Douglas 2, um, we're going to either see Vito versus Frank Pirelli, and at 65, nation Garrett versus Yanni Diakamahalos. Again, those two matches are both Cornell guys, right? Okay. We're going to yeah, see I'll, the young I'll, guy versus the old guy.
1: The big brother versus little brother. I mean, Nashon, uh I mean Frank is a little more than older brother. He's more uncle in the situation. But <laughs> Nashon obviously helped train Yanni when he was in high school at 100, when he was wrestling 120 pounds. He came out of Cornell and would work out with nation So that would be fun to watch. Um Frank Perelli is quite a bit older than Vito. He was wrestling when uh when Troy was obviously in the lineup. He was a freshman, I think, in Troy's senior year. And uh yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't Frank Pirelli has actually looked really good. He got a good win. Um over Sanders, he which I believe was tech fall. Yep, decked him 10-0 in two minutes and nine seconds. So, I mean, I'm not going to count him all the way out, but I think Vito's on another level right now. And Nation, Nation, I'm not sure is ready for Yanni, up at 65 kilos. No, I agree. Um,
0: you know, it's going to be fun to watch Yanni wrestle. I mean, he's got to have a a certain way that he's going to be wrestling Nation. Nashawn. Nation's obviously quick, but we see Yanni's. You know whether the, his attacks or reattacks, they're just so clean. And I think if Nashon opens up too much, it's going to play into Yanni's um, retaxing Won't be yeah, a
1: hand fight with Yanni either.
0: Yeah. So that that match is at two. Um, hope or at one, I mean, hopefully, if you guys are listening to the show around one, you just stop listening to the show and, and go check that out on Flow. Uh, yeah, don't start. Four-
1: will not even get to this part by the time the matches are starting.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's true. So 74 kilograms, Elroy Perkin versus Quincy Monday. 86, Brett Farr versus Ryan Epps. 97, Scotty Boykins, probably out. He didn't wrestle his second duel yesterday, but he he would wrestle Austin Schaefer. And at 125, Don Bradley versus Sean Streck. The winner of that gets team Lloyd Kieser. Uh, that is Ray VRL, Henderson, Walsh, Foka, Mock, and Gwiz are on that team.
1: So. I mean that's a pretty stacked team there. I mean Foka oh, yeah. is really good. Um they I know they they did the forfeit or double forfeit with Foca and Max Dean yesterday. Um but I mean you put you put Foca, mock, and Gwiz at the end of your lineup and you're gonna win most of your duels. I, I would like to see I would like to see if Chris Foca wrestle a Brett Far type of type of athlete, um just to see where he's at there's a lot of hype coming out of Cornell for him to start this year at 174. And I'd like to see just exactly what we're going to get out of Chris Foka coming up next year as a Cornell fan.
0: Yeah. Chris Foca looked good. I watched his match against Epps. He's, he's tough. He had a nice head pinch. Uh, talking about a few of our pickums now. Um, you can head right into those if you want.
1: Yeah. All right. So we got Dylan Ragason and Malik Heinzelman as our first match. When Ohio State uh, goes to Michigan. They were supposed to have a Michigan Penn State duel, but then like it got scheduled and then it got canceled and now it's rescheduled again. I don't know. It's a weird situation on that one. But should be a good weekend of wrestling in Michigan. And I'm gonna um, I'm a little upset you just picked Heinzelman because I want Heinzelman.
0: Well you just saw on the doc I had I had Raguson, uh, Dylan, but uh I don't know if Regisons wrestled much, you know. Yeah, this is would be his first college thing right No 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 I don't
1: I don't think so that oh, that's worse than I thought it would but no he's wrestled a few mat he got a pin in his first match he had a really nice uh, Oh yeah
0: he wrestled uh, Nick Aguilar he had the pin yeah, over yeah, Nick, Nick that Aguilar. that kind of opened up his his uh season his career I guess Yeah he
1: got he's pinned Nick Aguilar he's major King Sandoval and he has a win over Brock Cuckins. Six-
0: we just haven't seen um we haven't seen them since January 17th so Right. I just totally forgot that he's actually wrestled. And he's really um, good. Surprised. Yeah, he's good,
1: no doubt. I'm I just... not I, I'm not even I'm not surprised if wins this match here. Um, but he buckeye and he cannot pick against Millie Heinzelman. So Millie Heinzelman
0: it is. Yeah, I mean we have seen a lot more of Heinzelman, it seems like just this year, I guess maybe necessarily against ranked guys. So yeah, I'm going with Heinzelman as well. All right, and then we got uh, more ACC
1: 141 that I have talked about for the last three weeks because it's a really good weight class. Um, Sammy Hillegas versus Cole Matthews. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick Cole Matthews here.
0: Yeah, as you see, I pick Cole Matthews as well. Um, You know, I'm kind of riding high on him, even though like he's got losses. I mean, he's got like what is he two and four this year? But he's re- he's wrestled a lot of t- pretty top guys. Yeah,
1: he he's gotten some close wins and close losses. Um <laughs> I I need a lot of that. So he has four losses. Uh sudden victory loss to Navy against Cody Tibris, a tiebreaker loss to Tariq Wilson, seven to five, a three to one loss to Brian Courtney, and a four to one loss to Zach Sherman. So and I believe, um, Hilligus is very, very similar in that. Yeah, aspect.
0: he's uh, Heligas is four and three. Uh, he has three losses. It's to Tariq Wilson, not five to one, Zach Sherman, 12 to six, and Brian Courtney, eight to three.
1: So, so he's uh, he's had a few more matches than, um, than Matthews has. I, I still think I'm going to go with Matthews because, um, the nature of his losses are really close and, and the nature of, Heligas losses are a little wider of a margin. They're yeah. still decisions, obviously, but you got a five-point decision, six-point decision, four-point decision. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Matthews here to get on track. This 141 ACC weight class is, is loaded. You got, I think you got five legit guys who, who are gonna compete for a round of 12 AA, AA Jesus, AA um spots in the podium. Yep.
0: So uh, the next match we're gonna have Eric Barnett versus Pat McKee. I'm going with Pat McKee.
1: Yeah, this um I put this one on here. Another one of those another one of those weight classes where like any week you're gonna have a ton of really good guys wrestling at 125 pounds. And this one, Eric Barnetta, Wisconsin, who is three and two right now. His losses are to Heinzelman and Cardani. Um, where oops, I believe um, McKee's losses are also to Heinzelman. I think he's actually, I think that's his only loss. In this Yeah,
0: season, so. McKee's got, got a win over Cardani this year.
1: Right. So it's like a, yeah, 4 2 there. So I'm going to stick with McKee and we, for some reason, keep going the same here. But that's okay because we don't want to be wrong. Yeah. And he's probably going to win this match overall. So. Yeah.
0: So. Talking about the match that we had on the pick-em for last week, and I already gave you a loss for that one.
1: And you're um, gonna be wrong. Yeah, know. no, you, I mean that's fine. You jinx yourself here, because Brian Courtney is not losing this match. I think Brian Courtney is going to win the ACCs at 141
0: pounds. I love it. Shout out Athens, PA. Thanks. Yeah, right. so, so I picked Sherman. Bumping up to the next match.
1: Yeah, so the next match, yeah. I wanted to get, I wanted to get some. Um, we, we're, you know, we're a New York based podcast. I wanted to get some. Uh, New York-based p- matches in here uh, yeah. that I'm really happy because Brevin Casella is gonna have an opportunity against the NCA qualifier here and I believe Brevin Casella is gonna pull this match out
0: I obviously picked uh Ricky Stam but uh you know i'm I'm high on Casella I, I I felt stupid typing his name in but uh you know obviously Stam's a he's national qualifier he's a pretty good guy but you know I've been high on Casella the past few weeks. And, you know, he's a Binghamton guy. Um We've talked a lot about Binghamton on the show, but you know, I'm, I'm going with Stan.
1: Yeah. I think, I just think Costello on a high right now. His, his confidence is, is, is up there. Yeah. Um, hopefully today we find what well, we're all today at some point, we're going to find out NCAA quali- um allocations for the IWA and we'll know where, where Costello needs to land it in order to make it to NCAAs. But I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to get a spot and I think it's going to be, um, I think it will be there. So last match I have, I tried to find some more. I wanted to pull some from the freestyle event, but without I mean, for the most part, I'm pretty sure we're gonna go the same in almost all of those matches. So I didn't wanna I didn't pull any from there. And I didn't want to guess that you know maybe Yanni will wrestle Lugo because I don't know how these teams are gonna are gonna pull out here. So I didn't pick any from the event I wanted to, but the last match we got is Brody Teske versus Brandon Courtney when you and I uh, meets Arizona State this weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm going with uh, Courtney.
1: And I'm going to go with Teske. I think he's had a really great season. He's really showing um, shown a lot of promise after leaving Penn State, which is really weird because people you wouldn't think somebody leaves Penn State and then all of a sudden gets a lot better. But coming off of a pinfall over Northern Iowa, plus his, his controlling win over Trevor Master Giovanni, and uh, he's got a win over Mackle and Connor Brown. I just I think he's having a really good season, and I'm going to pick him to beat Brandon Courtney here.
0: All right. Um, yeah. So Courtney's six and zero oh on the year. He's got four major decisions uh, one tech fall and one regular decision. Uh, he has not scored less than 10 points in any of those matches. His decision was 15 to 11, you know, and he's put up 24 points, 10 points, 10 points, 14, 14. So I mean, obviously, if he can get to his offense against a guy like Teskey and uh, he's going to have success.
1: Yeah, and I, and I mean, you're kind of you're kind of making me feel stupid for make, picking pick and Tesky here because, first of all, Courtney, major Tesky last year, and as you said, I mean, Teskey's on a roll, scoring points right now. Tech fall major, 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 but he also hasn't wrestled anybody in the, inside the yeah Russell stat top sixty. So. Right. We'll see what happens here, but I'm going to stick with Tessie. I think he's made some big jumps and he's going to show it here.
0: Yeah. Good luck to you in the uh, upcoming week. I think we only picked three matches to go different ways. So
1: at least somebody's going to win. There'll be no tie. That's true.
0: Uh, Let's get into some listener questions. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. So I obviously, um, you know, asked a few questions from last week and uh, you had a few written down that we didn't get to. So the first one is, is Mizzou a contender? It's a good question.
1: Now, a contender for what? Because if you're asking me if they're a contender for a team title, there's only one contender for a team title this year. And and maybe you could say Penn State, but I still don't think they're there. I'm A contender for a team title, it's it's Iowa. Then it's only Iowa.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at their roster, um, you know, they've got Schmidt that's ranked 13th. You got Allen Hart that's ranked 8th, roughly, anyways. Uh, 149, Brock Mahler, uh, 157, Jarrett Jacquez, 165, Keegan O'Toole, 174, Peyton Mako. Um, you know, those are some of the guys that are ranked top 15. Up at 285, Zach Elam. You know, they've got room for improvement. Uh, you know, yeah. Rocky Elam's yeah. only ranked 23rd off of, you know, WrestleStat. But, yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily contender for the national tournament. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're contender for maybe second or third place.
1: Yeah, I, I, they're going to get a trophy. That, that's my thing. I think they'll be a top four team. Iowa's going to be number one, and then you got Michigan and Penn State, and, and even Virginia Tech's up there. They're really that's tough. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State can overperform. They absolutely. I mean, they they've done it in the past. So, I mean, I think those are your teams that are really going to compete for for a trophy. Um. So, I mean, if your questions are they a contender for a trophy, absolutely. And, and I, I, I don't want to say they're a lock, but I think it's it would be an extreme disappointment if they are at least top four.
0: Um, so a contender, no, but definitely top four. Um, I wouldn't call them contender this year, but again, they're a young team. Um, so maybe let's talk about this next year at this time. The next question is what would be the best location for an unaffiliated RTC? Hmm.
1: It's got to be somewhere warm, right? I, mean, I, I would what...
0: imagine so. you got to have somewhere where guys would want to go. You know, live and compete and, and practice in yeah, stuff like Miami or
1: or you can go to some kind of big city sometimes. But, I mean, wrestlers aren't always like the big city kind of people, but um, they're definitely gonna want to be somewhere. I mean, NJRTC has been a pretty popular place, even though it's you know north and cold.
0: And we're, we're talking about like a, a place that's growing pretty well is Penn RTC, right? I mean, yeah, Ben Hannes talked about it in his episode on this show. If you haven't watched it, check it out. He talks about how he is working, I guess right now in the COVID time, maybe not necessarily, but you know, you're working in Philly, you're, you're out of city. um, And then you're getting able to train and be able to train when you're done. I mean,
1: how many non-affiliated RTCs do we have? I can think of one and that's NYC RTC.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely their own place, but they're, they're part of Columbia, I guess. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true, but like, I mean, Columbia doesn't really have yeah, athletes no. there, do they? Yeah,
0: they don't have any alums that go there. Obviously, Columbia's alums really just go to Wall Street or somewhere, but
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I would too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> you
1: know, more money not to get my face beat in.
0: Yeah, so I, I would have to ask Zach Vogel um, where he would want to start his Stalemates RTC club.
1: That's good, hey, you know what? I'll send him a message right now.
0: While you're doing that, I'll get into the next question, the third and final question of the, this episode. If you got any more questions, you know, send them to us. But uh, this next question is, who are the top D- D1 performers out of New York thus far? We talked about a few of them on the show already this episode. you, you got guys like Micah Rose that she, and, and Tyler Musaw that our freshmen that stepped up into uh, their lineups, right? Uh, Micah Rose has done a pretty darn good job. He's found himself in the national rankings as a freshman. And then you got Tyler Musa. He's 10 and one. He's a freshman. He's definitely, you know, been in the, not necessarily in the spotlight because you know, VMI is not necessarily a, one of those kind of programs that, you, that people talk about all the time, but as far as performers go, he's definitely performing pretty darn well. Another guy that's definitely been in the spotlight just because he's in the big 12 is Zach Redding. He's kind of got his. He's taken his wins and losses this year, but I think he's done pretty good job for a freshman stepping into the Cyclone lineup.
1: Yeah, I I do a bad job of being too biased sometimes. So when I read this question, I, I I was trying to not be super biased, and I didn't even think about Micah because I was trying to think of somebody outside of my own personal knowing. Right. So my go to was. Zach Redding, I think he's had a really tough, a really good season so far. Um, I wanted to say probably Ja'Cory Teamer, but he hasn't had a great season. He just happens to be, has the results to be highly ranked.
0: Zach Redding is six and three. I believe he's two and three in division one wrestling uh, results, but his three losses, you know, he just wrestled Zach Price of South Dakota State. He lost four to two to him. He's lost three to two to Anthony Madrigal of Oklahoma. That's a tiebreaker. Um, that wasn't a bad loss and he wrestled Matthew Schmidt, he lost four to three. So his losses are one or two point decisions. You know, he, he did have the nice win over Reese Whitcraft that we talked about, but yeah, he, he's definitely somebody that's stepped up as a freshman and uh, you know, we, we got to talk him talk about him as a, a top performer. Definitely. I mean, you've got guys that are like, you know, Lou to that are doing what they're doing. Just they're, they're in the a national lineup and it's not like they have big wins. Right. Yeah,
1: I mean that's probably the answer though, now that you say that, because I mean if you look at it, he's what like, fourth in the country. Yeah, but
0: same with Jesse Delvecchio of Ryder. He's still ranked fourth. He's ranked above Caleb Young. Yeah, and he's had a really good season too.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you're right. There's there's some there's some guys that we're probably not giving the credit to because they haven't had the opportunity to wrestle those guys. I mean, if you look at Ryder, they're not wrestling on the toughest schedule, but that's not their fault, right? Same with Binghamton, they haven't had the toughest schedule, but that's not their fault. I mean, we're well, kind of stuck with what we
0: get. The great part about this at this show is we, we get to talk about those guys that, you know, Flo might not be talking about. You know, they're obviously not going to give shout-outs to the New York guys that are performing well. They've got Louis Dupre and and Jesse Delvecchia in the national rankings, top five. Um, you know, people see that stuff. People aren't seeing, you know, Zach Redding having a good year, Michael Rose, you know, T- Tyler Musaw, some of these guys that are having a good year it's not talked about really anywhere besides you know shows like this all
1: right so uh, bogle said probably pick mizzou or texas which
0: I, uh, texas sounds like a good place
1: yeah i agree but i think i think mizzou now that i'm thinking about it might be the best choice i mean they can be unaffiliated but you're probably going to attract those mizzou athletes right they don't have an rtc there that's why they haven't been able to keep you know that's why ironman left Yeah. Jaden Cox. Jaden Cox left. Like they don't have an RTC. So like, that's a really good point. Um, by him, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Like it could keep those top level. I mean, you're going to get, I mean, who's, who on their team right now would be a good fit for an RTC right away. I'm thinking Keegan O'Toole.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got a you got a, a a young group of guys there that they're going to be around for a few years, you know, an RTC there. Um, would would make a lot of sense. I I would like Texas as well. It's just it seems like a good place. I would. Yeah, I,
1: where where are you
0: gonna? I mean,
1: they don't have any schools or colleges. they don't have schools of wrestling, no. But you're gonna have to like somehow attract athletes down there, which it's warm, so that's always a good argument. And there's some big cities down there that, you know, you can always travel to and, and visit. So I mean, it's definitely a good one. So you do. I I think I think my answer now. I'm stealing his answer. Really, it's gonna be Mizzou. It's
0: it's got to be. But we're we're talking about unaffiliated, you know. Right. Well, right. So it's not affiliated with Mizzou, but the location. Put it in Saint Lawrence there. Or Saint Louis. Yeah, probably Saint Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, that's a, that's a
1: really nice city. I mean, I'm sure that you could find a place somewhere, um, in that city to to get host practices and start building something up down there.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would maybe choose Louisiana. Just uh, you know, I've got a few listeners that are on the show that are coming from Louisiana, and <clears throat> I watched. I just watched Zach Bogles time down in going to a match before or going to an RTC event and people having crawfish and all that good stuff out in the parking lot before a, a duel or a tournament would be kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's, you know, Missouri, Mizzou might be the best option for that. But that really covers it for yeah. our, our three questions. At, if anyone has any other questions, shoot Zach uh, a tweet or, or myself a tweet at More Wrestling. Uh, you can find Zach at Wrestling 607. These are kind of fun things to add to a show, whether they're um, a debate kind of question or you know a question like is Mizzou contenders? I
1: want I want to debate.
0: We need something we don't agree on
1: because debating is way more fun for me. I love to debate with people. Um, it, it's always and, and I mean people love arguing right. Everybody likes to listen to people argue.
0: We get to you know challenge the uh, the listeners too you know, whether we can put a poll up on Twitter be a good option.
1: No, I agree. I want it. Give us questions.
0: That about covers it for this episode. Um, if you've liked this episode, you know, give it a five-star rate interview review on Apple Podcast. You know, share it on your social media. Um, <clears throat> just get the name out there. We, we'll be having – I'll be having a guest on tomorrow, Avery Leonard. He's a Section 3 guy, took second at States last year. Um, just, Just kind of spreading more stories around the state and, you know, getting those high school guys some notoriety, I guess. They're not necessarily – In a season right now, they're not getting looks, you know, as we mentioned before the show started, you know, some of these college coaches, I I know a few of the coaches, you know, guys like Scott Green, you know, at Wyoming, he he's listened to this episode or listened to the show. He listened to the Troy Nickerson episode. Um, Some of these, some of these coaches, whether it's Troy Nickerson or whoever, they're going to listen to some of these high school guys and hear how um, well-spoken they are. And, and uh, it goes a long way. And some of the stories that they have are very interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean if you're a high school guy and you want to you want to get on and, and talk and you want to and you want to share your story, um reach out. We'll I'll, I'll we'll gladly get you on here and get you some exposure to um those high level coaches.
0: Thanks again for tuning in and uh, we'll be back early next week with another uh, week 7 recap. Peace out. Peace out.